0: Welcome back to another episode of In Enemy Territory. We have a great one for you today. Today on the calendar, we are talking April 26th. And basically, we're going to talk about three things. First of all, the New York Islanders, 19 straight playoff series victories resulting in four Stanley Cup titles in a row from 1980 to 1983. They actually made the cup the next year, so five straight appearances. Uh, where they finally got knocked out by Wayne Gretzky and the Oilers in 84. Secondly, uh, weeks before the Islanders clinched their fourth cup in 1983, um, the NFL entry draft went down and resulted in some of the biggest quarterback names drafted in NFL history. And thirdly, we're going to talk a major breakthrough in MLB history. So let's get into the story of the Islanders winning four straight Stanley Cups. Uh, It wasn't much of a surprise that the Islanders, uh, looking back, I see that they were first or second in their division all four of these years. They were tops of the league. Um, And in truth, there's so much I can get into um, about this dynasty. Um, But that show alone could probably be over an hour. So I'm going to just keep it brief. Um, Stats about this four straight stanley cup victories for the new york islanders uh, let's just talk their opponents they beat the flyers in 80 north stars in 81 the canucks in 82 and they beat the oilers in 83 making for a rematch of both teams the next year where the oilers would beat the islanders much like the 0809 stanley cups detroit beat pittsburgh and then the following year pittsburgh We'll come back and beat Detroit. Back then, 83-84. We also saw identical matchups, but each team getting a crack to lift the cup. Uh, this Islanders team would have four different Smythe trophy winners. First year, Brian Trottier, the Hall of Famer, second year, Butch Goring, the third year, Mike Bossy; and the fourth year goaltender Billy Smith. And I think it really shows to how complete a team they really were. When you look back, not knowing much about the dynasty, and you can see just right off the bat, four different heroes for four different playoff runs. Like The Penguins just won back-to-back Cups in 16 and 17. That's the most recent uh, example of a team winning two in a row, let alone four in a row, but two in a row. Hadn't been done in 20 years. Same MVP. So, like, obviously... Everyone's chipping in on any cup run. The whole team is giving an effort. The goalie is making saves right and left. It's obviously a, a team collective, but like a lot of the time you'll see, even when the Penguins won back-to-back cups in 91-92, Mario Lemieux, MVP, Gretzky, a bunch of, uh, I don't know the stats off the top, but I know that he won multiple consmiths as well. And often when you think of a dynasty, you think of like, the player, and then all of the supporting cast, which were also phenomenal, but like, this Islanders team didn't just have a one elite guy. They had Mike Bossy, Brian Trottier, Potvin, uh, Butch Goring. They were head coached by Al Arbor, one of the greatest. Um, rest in peace. Um, the team had hot five Hall of Famers. I think I just mentioned them all. I No, I missed one. Mike Bossy, Brian Trottier, who actually would go on to win a couple more Cups with Pittsburgh. So he would finish his career with six Stanley Cups. Unreal. He was a big factor in the Penguins and Mario Lemieux being able to lift the Cup. Um, Billy Smith, Felix Potvin, and Clark Gillies. Five Hall of Famers from the team. Also on the team was Bobby Nystrom. He had many a clutch goal in their dynastic streak but anyways um the islanders dominated the nhl five straight years going to the cup representing their conference and i want to just say that weeks what you know you might be wondering at this point, okay, what does this have to do with April 26th? So, April 26th, 1983. The Islanders are in the middle of their fourth cup run in a row. They are head-to-head with Boston in the conference finals. Meanwhile, over in the NFL, the draft is about to go down. And the Bills, Buffalo Bills of New York, were to draft Jim Kelly, who would go on to lead a Hall of Fame career. And much like the Islanders, he would also have the privilege of leading his team to four straight championship games. However, he experienced a peat like no other in history. So before we talk about the Jim Kelly, four Super Bowl appearances in a row and the Buffalo Bills, um i took the time to look up all of the four peats that have happened in sports history in the main four sports in in this country um so obviously the islanders 80 to 83 they won four cups in a row montreal Canadiens won five cups in a row that's the record for hockey five wins in a row 56 through 60 as well montreal 76 to 79 they won four cups. So literally Montreal Canadians have a four peat so 76 to 79 right off the tail of that four peat 80 to 83 the Islanders were to four peat. So literally Canadians four Islanders four. then Edmonton would win a couple. I think four out of five, actually, with Montreal winning one in the middle. So, literally, there was a 13-year stretch where only three teams hoisted the cup. Um, baseball. Oh, so Montreal the is obviously the all-time franchise leaders in Stanley Cups. They have 23. And with a five peat and a four peat, not a shocker, you know that's nine right o- right over there just from those two or just from those nine years they won nine cups um Switching gears to baseball the Yankees once won five in a row and four in a row exactly like Montreal they have a five peat and a four peat. Yankees as well, most World Series in baseball and the Yankees have the most championships of any team across the, the main four with 27. The Yankees won four in a row from 1936 to 49, and their 5-P was from 1949 to 1953. In basketball, the Boston Celtics take the cake with eight championships in a row, and they won nine out of ten. They won eight in a row from 59 to 66. Um, They, as well, have the most NBA championships. They're tied with the Lakers, who just tied them this past year, with 17. And let's bring it back to football. There's two teams that share a lead with six Super Bowl wins, Steelers and the Patriots. No team has ever won three Super Bowls in a row. However, there has been a team that has made it to four Super Bowls in a row, and that's where April 26, 1983, the NFL entry draft were to go down with one of the greatest quarterback classes in history, mind you. John Elway, Dan Marino, and Jim Kelly all drafted in the first round. Now, Jim Kelly, as we'll go into a little more detail, was 0-4 in Super Bowl play. He brought the Bills to four consecutive Super Bowls. Boom, 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 boom. Went home. The losers. Dan Marino made it to a Super Bowl in his, I believe, second season, and he lost. Never made it back to the Super Bowl. So Jim Kelly plus Dan Marino now If you're keeping count, 0-5. John Elway actually brought the Broncos to five Super Bowls. However, he lost the first three Super Bowls that he was in, and it wasn't until the last two years of his career that he he beat Brett Favre, and then he beat, I believe, um, beat the Packers, and then he beat the Rams. Um, with With Kurt Warner. So... Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, and John Elway collectively started off 0 and 8 in Super Bowl play till J- till John Elway finally redeemed them. This could have been one of the biggest jokes of a quarterback class of all time if let's say John Elway had retired and they and they hadn't and he hadn't won those last two Super Bowls. We'd be looking at 0 and 8 in Super Bowl play. Clearly all Hall of Fame quarterbacks but to not have any Super Bowls to their name would have been Pure embarrassment at that point, but John Elway got the deal done. Sadly for me, as Brett Favre um, was trying to win back-to-backs, um, Elway put a stop to that. Um, much like the Islanders did in the early '80s, Buffalo was the top dog every year. They 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 were putting together deep playoff runs. They they had a great team assembled. They had, you know Kelly and Thurman Thomas and Andre Reed. Great offense. <clears throat> And they were able to advance the Super Bowl four straight years. Um, i going to lay this stat down, which is pretty painful. But and they lost their Super Bowls with an average score of 35 to 18. So that's a 17-point game. That's three scores. The Bills lost the four Super Bowls by an average of a three. They got blown out. Now, the first Super Bowl, which arguably was the most painful one, they lost by one point on a missed field goal last second by Scott Norwood. We've talked about this in an earlier podcasts. Giants beat the Bills, and then they would lose to the Redskins the next year, and then back-to-back back again. We see back-to-back back Super Bowls with the identical matchups. However, this time the Cowboys got the job done both times against the Bills. And I will leave you with this. I found it online, and it is painful, but genius. If you take the word Bills and spell it out, B-I-L-L-S, you know what it stands for. Boy, I love losing Super Bowls. Ouch. That's really painful. Brutal. All right. We now have talked about... <clears throat> Two very different four peats. We see one New York team, New York Islanders, immortalizing themselves in hockey history by winning four straight Stanley Cups. That's still to this day, the only four of the Islanders have won. Um, made it to five. They were a dynasty of all time. 80s hockey was, you know, they started off with the Islanders, then it would go on to be all about. The great one, Wayne Gretzky, and and the Gretzky Show. Um, And then a decade later, another New York team, the Buffalo Bills, would be just on the edge of greatness, just on the cusp, but couldn't get the job done. The Islanders were able to. The Bills couldn't bring one home. Four cracks at it. Four great teams many playoff wins that get to the Super Bowl again and again and again and again, and they couldn't do it. You know, I'm not going to sit here and and dissect why that is. I I do believe that a lot of sports championships comes down to a a little bit of luck, and you could have everything right. You could have all the right pieces, and you could call all the right plays, and just sometimes you fall flat, and you you run into the best team in the league, you know? Super Bowl in theory is the two best teams left, that are left standing, and you're losing to a good team. There's no, you know, there's, a, there's still a lot of honor in making it there, but at the end of the day, 31 teams are going to fail, and only one team is going to lift the Lombardi or lift the Stanley Cup. So I just love the parallel how, as the Islanders dynasty was on its Final trip to the Stanley Cup, to lift the Stanley Cup. Literally miles away, Jim Kelly gets drafted by the Bills, goes on to do the mirror opposite. Um, All right, nine, uh, April 26, 1995. Uh, honorable mentions. The MLB strike were to end on this day, and the delayed season started. April 26, 2012. Andrew Luck, the retired Andrew Luck, was drafted on this day. Another great quarterback. Um, Never was able to get to that Super Bowl, get over the hump, get past the Tom Brady hurdle that had dragged the AFC down for many years with um, him hogging basically all of the Super Bowl appearances. But he's now in the NFC, and it looks like Patrick Mahomes is going to do just that. Anyways, April 26th, 2017, Gift Ngope gets called up by the Pittsburgh Pirates to become the first native African player to play in the MLB, player born in Africa, not of African descent, but he actually came from Africa, made his way all the way to the majors, Pirates called him up. Didn't have a long career. I mean, this is only three years ago, but um, didn't play a ton with the Pirates, but it still was very symbolic and a very historic day for Africa and for the MLB. um, Moving towards, you know, I don't know what I mean by moving towards, but it was just a very big day. Um, It actually came one day before Freedom Day in Africa and, Actually, because of the time difference, I think it was played on on Freedom Day in Africa, which I can't go into detail about because I don't know enough about it to talk about it. But uh, it was very cool. I was living in Pittsburgh at the time, and it was very cool to see Gift and pay starting for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I find that amazingly coincidental that on this day, April twenty sixth, 1977, Kosuke Fukadome was born the first Japanese player ever for the Cubs. So as you know, if you're a listener of the show, I love to kind of find very cool parallels or stuff like that. You know, the bills Islanders gifting Gope, Kosuke Fukudome um, first of their race to, or our first, first of their, you know, nationality to make it to, to a club or to the entire league. So, First Japanese player ever to play for the Cubs. And just a fun stat about Fukudome. He made his Major League debut on March 31st, 2008, against the Brewers at Wrigley Field. He went 3-for-3 with a walk, including a double on his first Major League pitch and a three-run game-tying homer off of Brewers closer Eric Gagne in the bottom of the ninth. And the Brewers went on to win it 4-3 in extra innings. That, my friends, is a Major League debut that you can never forget. And this, my friends, has been the show. That's all I've got for you today. I appreciate you listening. Next week, we're going to be talking more hockey. As always, love talking hockey, as you can see the trend of this podcast. Um, Speaking of hockey, we are actually three weeks away from the NHL season coming back playing a shortened season but we will have hockey by the time you're listening to this uh, actually we will hopefully have been enjoying hockey for a few weeks but um if you want to follow the show iet facebook.com slash iet podcast or on instagram at iet podcast appreciate you and we'll be back next week let's go pens